and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hello, Laura. Hello, Sonia. How are you going? Pretty well. Yeah. You need to tell us a little bit about the retreat that you just got back from? <laughs> That's right. I'm like, I'm actually, I'm riding the waves of being in California. I had a whole week to think about my business and to take care of myself. And that's something I haven't really given myself um, maybe in 10 years, not a whole week. I've taken two days. I've taken four mm -hmm. days. Um, but this was a whole week of diving into what I want to create and looking more um, clearly at just where I am. And it was a really emotional time for me as well because it was a marker of 20 years since I went to grad school out in California. So a lot of things came up around being that young woman and coming to California, the West Coast for the first time and looking back and reflecting on all that I've done. So I think it was an interesting reflection back and a deep dive kind of into what I want for the future. Mm. So I highly recommend that if people think of um, significant places that they could go to um, to reflect on their younger self while also projecting into their future self. Yeah, really, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Amazing. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I think that flows really well into our topic today as well, because what we wanted to talk about is how do we envision bigger? And mm. here's the thing. I see a lot of women who don't envision big enough, right? There are definitely people who envision big, and then there are a lot of people who don't. And so I'm constantly trying to push a lot of my clients sort of into that bigger vision. Like, what do you really want to create? But what I want to sort of dissect and look at and reflect on with Laura today is I want to look at how do we do it in a way that it's embodied, right? Like it's, we feel it because what I have seen is a lot of people sort of envision uh, their long-term vision or a bigger life or whatever, but it's from their head. And when they get there, if they ever get there, they actually aren't aligned with it. So how do we create something that's more embodied? So that's what I think I want to explore today. Such an important discernment because we can all get caught up in our heads. And I'm a Virgo. I've claimed that before. Um, I'm definitely recovering um, analysis intellectual in so many ways where everything was always thought through. And when I started working with my body, um, probably about 15 years ago that I really started diving deeper into what it meant to be embodied, then it started to change the game on this kind of visioning. However, we all still, even, 
even myself, I can still get lost in the head because there's so much about our culture that's around the rational, around just getting it on, you know, mind maps and getting it all clear. So sometimes we are almost, uh, we fall in love with the idea and the vision, but we don't check it out. We don't drop into the somatic sense of it to see if it's true alignment or whether that story is maybe something we've been carrying from a, a much previ- you know, previous version of ourselves or other people around us that have always suggested that we dream that dream. Exactly. And I think a lot of people are reacting to things as well in their sort of envisioning. You know, someone has told them they're a failure or they felt like a failure. And so they're striving for something that's not even their definition of success, but that is to prove that they're not a failure. So there's like all these sort of things that we're reacting to and moving towards in our mind. But I think it's very different when we start to try on and feel what do we actually want to create? And I think I, I want to first sort of talk about why it's important to have a bigger vision because some people are just like, well, I just want this, just this minimal thing. Like if I can just get to this, you know, and a lot of times that's in sort of a survival mode. If I can just get to where I'm making enough money to cover my bills, or if I can just get to where I have just a few clients and I'm experiencing this, or I, you know, it's like we sort of hold ourselves oftentimes at this minimal dream. Like if we can just get here, we'll be happy. But I think there is a really important reason when you're building a business, when you're creating what you want in your life to have an even bigger vision, because the truth is a bigger vision pulls you up. It allows you to think differently. One of the things that I do with my clients is I have them do what I call a morning formula or, you know, a morning routine, or basically they're, they're looking at that vision of what they really want to create in the future and they're actually feeling it right? And they're making their decisions every day based on that long-term vision. And I think it changes our perspective and it allows us to focus in such a different way. Because if we're just looking at how can I make that minimal and that's all I'm looking at, we will make decisions in a very short-term fashion instead of from a much bigger mindset. And it's cool. What's so cool about that is we actually stop doing all these petty little things because we're looking from a much higher place. Hmm. Yeah. And I do think what you said there about survival, that's such a challenging thing. And that's um, a sticking point for many people is when you're in something and it feels overwhelming and you're just trying to get to the next thing, then it can, you, you feel like it's a luxury to go big, you know, like yeah. I can't even think about that. And I can't sit here and embody how I'm going to feel in 10 years and this bigger vision. I've got to pay this bill. I have to put food on the table. Um, so I kind of want to speak to that, just that, that, that we get that, that in this conversation, you know, you and I, Sonia, we've been there. We yeah. know what that's like to be in a place of fear and reactivity yet from that place, one of the only ways you find your way out of it is to be able to make that mindset shift. And it can be one of the more difficult times when you're feeling really activated, like your survival is, is threatened. So I'm not sure if there's something that you want to speak to about how you get from survival mind to more expansive um, mind and body. Yeah, look, it's definitely not easy. So yeah, we'll acknowledge that. But I, I think part of it is we need to have a mindset shift and a reframe. And, and this is a lot of times what I, you know, when I'm working with people, I'm oftentimes telling them to take a week off, go play, go do stuff. Like we don't realize that sometimes the next step to success is not doing more. It's not doing 
right? And so I mm-hmm. think, you know, it's a it's a reframe and a mindset shift that, you know, when you're in survival and you're just like, I've just got to do the next thing to survive, sometimes you got to recognize that that next step to survival is space. It is yeah. envisioning. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is yeah, taking see, I think care. That's the system. Yes. It's, it's so hard because, I mean, you know, we all want, it's that, do less and dream more, right? And that we we want to believe that that can be true, but we have a hard time believing it because yeah. we come from this place of, I mean, definitely culture. There's a lot of, you've got to pull yourself up here in the States by your bootstraps. You've got to get it done. You've got to work for it. Um, and there's some sort of mentality there, I feel like, where people get stuck on that doing and doing and doing and doing And in the doing, the irony is that you lose your being, you lose your ability to really be yourself and feel into what it is that you're wanting to experience. And as women, we lose ourselves. Like I, I can't, you know, sort of express it enough that as women, we have to have the being, we have to feel, we have to have space. It is literally the only way we can acknowledge and get to our wisdom. And that is our true gift. And when we're operating from that place, things create, things manifest. But I think also, you know, what I want to talk about is, is this kind of middle place, because I think, you know, we we talk about doing, 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 and, and then there's a lot of doers, right? You know, there's a lot of people who are just doing, 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 especially in survival. And then we talk about dreaming big. And I also think that's this other extreme. It's become shallow, right? Dream big, just imagine, manifest what you want. You know, I love the, the, <laughs> the voice that I have. You know, it's like it's this <laughs> illusion pipe dream, right? Like, you know, I think dreaming big is amazing. And when you're doing it in the right way and you're doing it in a grounded way, it's awesome. But it's also not like, I'm just going to sit here and imagine I have a million dollars and a million dollars is going to come to me. That's not not how it works. And so I think, you know, what we're looking for and what we're talking about is this middle ground, this place where you allow yourself space, embodied space to feel, to be, to be grounded, you know, not in a pipe dream, but in what you really want to create. It is all possible. You know, it has, it requires steps and actions. And this is sort of like, I think the ironic, the ironic thing is that the greatest doers don't dream enough. And they're the ones that have that capability of creating because they're always in action, right? Action's really important, but they don't let the being part of them run the action. And I think this is such the interesting, you know, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like you said at the beginning, um, when we started this conversation, you end up somewhere where you're not aligned. So if you're doing and doing and doing and doing, you're eventually going to end up somewhere. Typically we do. However, if you're not being with yourself and you're not being in the moment and checking in with your body and really having that more conscious journey, you sometimes end up, and we hear this a lot, like professionals who we are shocked to find out that they are not happy at their position at the heights that they've climbed, you know, leaders and people in really visible spots. We think, gosh, aren't you just ecstatic? So why is it so many times they end up in those spaces and they're no longer, they're not happy. Um, So this is so true. It's this middle ground that doesn't get talked about a lot because we talk a little bit more about when we're stuck in the fear and the survival and we talk about dreaming big, but this middle ground 
is so important and one of the big pieces that's also kind of missed is the embody the embodiment the piece that being with yourself in a way that's grounded and also so looking and this kind of I, I feel personally happened in my retreat as I think there was the real sense of grounding resting pausing mm. and then I was looking back at where I've come and just reflecting on that and feeling that in my body and then thinking, where am I going? And being able to hold past self and future self, that that's a middle ground that was really exciting for me. I have to say the only way I could have done that was to remove myself from everything else. Like I can't do that, to be honest, in some to that extent in the midst of my family needs and my business's needs. But in that moment, it was a pause. And this comes back to us being challenged sometimes with giving ourselves the time and place to take the bigger pauses. Um, and then I want to speak to the fact though, but it doesn't always have to be the big pause. This is something we yeah. can do in the morning, like you said, before we start our day or throughout our day. And I love that you talk to your clients about integrating this in bite-sized ways. Yeah. And it is important. Like, you know, it would be great if we could all take retreats every week or, you know, for our lives and, you know, just put our kids on the shelf or someone recommended one of my groups. She said, you know, you know, if we could just put a pause on our kids, like, I'm like, if someone finds a remote for that, please, like I'll pay thousands of dollars, you know, like, but, but we can't. And so then it has to be some practical application for how we do that in our really busy lives, right? We're all busy. And so I think, you know, we have to carve out time and some of this is a mind. Mindset. And some of this is what we're valuing. And, and what I you know, am trying to instill in my clients is this idea that to succeed, this is actually the key, right? The, the key is not doing, the key is being, the key is feeling, the key is aligning that when you do these things as part of your business success, you're going to succeed a lot more versus most everybody goes back into the doing. Oh, I've got to, you know, put a lot of posts out. I've got to like get clients. I've got to do, 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 do. And, and then what happens is it doesn't work. It's misaligned. It doesn't connect. It doesn't happen because then they have to go back into that being and feel aligned and feel authentic and, you know, recognize yeah. where they're going. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a practice. It's not something that you're just going to do once and not, you know, it's a practice every day. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you feel like is one of the more effective ways that people can kind of do that in that morning formula? You said that it's imagining like letting themselves know their greater vision and then checking that out in their body? Or how do you sort of help people frame that if they're going to do that as a a daily practice? Yeah. Look, I have an actual structure I teach, but you know, in general, it's really about feeling what you want to create long-term, like your bigger vision, right? That, that feeling. And the way that I do that is I give myself space often because I'm a visionary. The visioning part is really important to me. I need to know where I'm going or like, I literally can't take action. Like for me, I'm much more on that feminine side. I, I cannot take action unless I know where I'm going, unless I can feel it. So, you know, I spend time every week you know, in my spare time, when I'm sitting in the bath, whatever, you know, you, you sort of have to figure out where that time is to first just envision and to feel what does it feel like 
to have this dream or this idea. It's like I try stuff on. That's that's sort of like the best description I can have. I try it on and I let myself have the space to do that. So for instance, you know, my husband and I have been talking about going nomadic next year. And actually, you know, traveling every three months with the kids and, you know, having a a nomadic lifestyle for a year and a half. And that's, you know, been something I've had to try on, right? Before we made a decision, because we were actually putting in steps down to do it, you know, I had to sort of feel what feels right to me. You know, what countries feel right to me? What kind of space do I give myself? And so I would literally sort of try on a scenario and feel it, not just in my head, like, oh, that's a great idea. It was kind of like, how would I actually feel? in that life. So like for me, one of the things about doing the nomadic lifestyle is I don't want to be any place less than three months. So, because for me, the feel of being immersed in an an area, in a place we could take day trips, but to actually have sort of a home base for three months feels right. Whereas to travel every week doesn't feel right. Or every few weeks doesn't feel right to have to keep, you know, finding new places. So that was what sort of felt right for me. And I had to try on a few things in order to feel what feels like the right fit. And what's so cool about that when it happens is that you, it's like it's in your body. It's now like a body memory or a body sensation. And so you can go back to it and you can make sure that everything that you're choosing is aligned with it. It's like, it's almost more solid. It's like a decision almost. Yeah. No, I actually really love the way of framing it around trying it on Mm. um, because that's something I think very um, tangible and we can, you can think about it because you try something on and you're not sure if you're going, like if we're shopping for that great dress, you see it on the rack. It looks awesome in your mind. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, wow, this dress is it. (laughs) But yet you have to get intimate with it. You know, you have to take it, you know, to the laundry room. I mean, the laundry room, the fitting room. (laughs) And you need to be able to put it on. And you need to be able to really step into like, is this my, you know, is this my dress? And sometimes what looks great on the rack did not translate, you know? And then you're like, oh, wait, this is the wrong dress. Exactly. And I think like, that's the piece that's so interesting is like, you know, oftentimes, yeah, you, you have to literally try something on that looks really good, but doesn't fit right. It doesn't hug your curves, right? It doesn't make everything feel good. And so this is what's so cool about this idea of trying on visions is you're able to feel, does it fit me? Like, it's great to say, oh, you know, I want to have a nomadic lifestyle, right? And we won't know literally the practicalities of that until we do it, but you can try a lot of it on. Does it feel good to be traveling with the family? Like, what are the scenarios and the pieces of that that would make it doable for me? Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you start to, and same with the business, you know, we're, we're envisioning sort of a bigger picture for our business, you know, and as I was saying before, like part of the reasons why this is so important is because it shifts and changes your mindset. It shifts and changes what you choose. So for me, for a long time, money was not really a big issue for me. Right. So I didn't care about making a ton of money. Like the whole million dollar dream was not mine. You know, for me, it was always about impact, right? It was always about, you know, am I touching people's lives? Are they transforming? Am I? So that was what was really key and important to me. And it was like, I had a big shift last year 
like toward the middle of the year where I started to feel, what do I really want to create? What do I really want to experience? And I started to try things on. And for me, you know, and I think I've mentioned this in a podcast before, I started to realize I want more women with financial power right? I want to, you know, find these amazing people who want to have more impact and help them expand. And so as I was trying that on, I realized in order for that to work, I have to be extremely financially successful. And so do my clients. And it really shifted my business. It shifted my choices. It shifted what I decided to do because I could feel what the application of that was, what the impact of that was. And so then it totally changed how I make decisions and what I did with my program and what I'm creating with my clients and who I'm taking in. Like all of these things have shifted and changed based on my envisioning a bigger picture, something that's going to have more impact in the world. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that it's so important to realize that this trying things on is really important during moments where you're faced with some big decisions, but it's also something that we can do every day to stay kind of that, um, what we've talked about before is sort of that course correction or just like being able to stay in your lane, right? And then you're going to check in and then you have to see like, what am I trying on? What's working? What's not working? And so this is something that is so important at many different stages of our business. Like for me right now, I'm trying to make a big decision about how involved I want to be in one of my businesses while I step into developing another one of my businesses. And and I'm working, note to listeners, Sonia's definitely helping me stay more <laughs> integrated. <laughs> stay integrated, no splitting. Um, but yeah, it's like sometimes I get a little bit lost and the only way I can really feel into what I truly want is to embody it, to try it on, to, to let myself dream. And I also like the point you said about our spare moments. I think that, you know, our relationship with time, most of us is pretty complex and a little bit unhealthy. And we're always trying to control time or we feel betrayed by time or trying to uh, outrun it, you know, all sorts of different things. But there's lots of these moments that are, um, that are just in the car or in the shower, in the bath. Like I do feel like there's these special moments and I want to encourage people to reach out and grab those and make those yours because you give so much of your, your moments to your kids and to your business and to all the people around you. But when you find yourself alone in a moment of downtime, let yourself play and dream and get your mind into a vision and then feel how your body is reacting to that, how it's settling into that idea as well for some more information. Yes. So good. Like driving in the car is one of those examples, right? Like we're oftentimes, and see, we spend a lot of spare moments thinking about things. Yeah. But how often are you sort of deliberately using those to feel where you want to go, what your direction is, what lifestyle fits, what, and and I think there's a couple sort of details, I guess, or subtle things I want to sort of talk about. One is what it actually feels like when you're doing that. And the other is also, you don't have to make decisions. Like, you know, really big decisions for me take time. Like I'm kind of a, once I feel something, I'm a quick decision maker, right? I immediately react on it. We do it like, you know, this nomadic thing. Once we decided that was it and we're already putting lots of plans in place. 
but when I can't quite feel what something, you know, feels like, then it will take me time to try things on and I won't do it in one sitting. You know, I'll kind of be like, okay, I just don't, I'll put it back on the shelf. And then, you know, a week later I might take it out again and be like, okay, how does that feel? And maybe I get a little bit more insight or I get a little bit more sensation or feeling about what to do. And then I might put it back on the shelf again. So it's not like you have to make decisions. Like it, it, sometimes it just needs space. It needs to percolate. It needs to like happen in your subconscious. But one of the things I was going to say is when you're envisioning stuff and it's embodied, when you're feeling it, it's, there is a lot of space. Like you can't pressurize it, you know, and this is one of the things I think it's really sort of a subtle thing that we need to talk about. Like if you're making yourself do something, if you're, if there's not any space around it, you won't be able to feel, you'll just be in your head. And I think that's a really important distinction. Yes. And as we're on this subject, I have to speak to some sensation vocabulary here because I know as the listeners are thinking, they're like, oh, wait, how, how does this feel? And you just to point out some of the words you've used, when you try something on and your body says, yes, that's delicious, like give me more of that, then typically sensations feel like there's movement. Like you talk about percolating, there's movement there, there's an openness. There's expansion, maybe lighter energy than usual versus a heavier sense. There's often kind of the, a tingly, which can feel like exciting. So think about how do you know when your body really loves something versus when your body's feeling stuck and things are constricted or heavy you know, and you might want to play that out with something that's easier, something that you know more. So if there's something uh, like your family, you love it when you're hanging with your kids and you're just relaxed, take a minute to notice how your body feels when you're in that place with your family and pick a time that's really a nice, like relaxed downtime that you're with your kids. Then notice if you're a time that you're stressed, you're running around trying to do a lot of things or you're in traffic or something, just note how you're breathing, that things are going to be a little bit more tight, constricted. So the more that you start to understand your body's language, then when you try these things on, you'll get better and better at being like, oh, my body loves this or spit it out. Like, uh-uh, not going, not going to go there. So that becomes, I think people are a little intimidated by that at first because they don't know what that means, but it's a practice and you get more and more intimate with the knowledge of your sensations over time. Yes. And I think just the practice, like I oftentimes give my clients exercises to just feel the difference between things, you know, so feel the difference when you're relaxed and you know, you're doing the right thing or something that your body loves and then feel the difference between when you're constricted. And like you said, you know, stressed and, and that is actually, I mean, for me, and this is why I think it's important that you sort of have this discernment in this play for yourself, because everybody will feel different sensations for each one. When I'm, you know, sort of envisioning something, if it feels right, I feel relaxed. Like I can almost immediately, it's like for me, there's space. That's the way that I describe it. It's like, ah, it's like, you know, space, oh, freedom. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And then if something doesn't feel right, I can feel more constricted and like literally my, my arm, my, um, you know, shoulders hunch up and I can feel there's more tightness in my muscles. So literally that's what happens. And so I can use that tool. My body is this amazing discerning rod, right? I can use that tool. And Laura, you know a lot about this and, you know, be able to sort of feel, okay, that vision does not feel right. There's something about it that feels really tense. Okay. So what could I maybe change about it 
that would make me more relaxed, which is exactly what I did with sort of this nomadic thing. Like, you know, the idea of rushing around, traveling all the time and trying to work as well. I was like, no, can't do that. But going to a home base, setting everything up and then being able to operate from that space for three months. Yeah, that feels right. You know, it was like I could discern the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And yeah, I just get, it gets easier over time and a little bit quicker to know. Um, what, what your body's telling you. So, and the, and the wonderful thing is that the difference between mind and body is that the mind has a way of, it takes time to go through a process of whether, what it thinks about it. And a body is a, is a hit. Um, it takes information really quickly and has an experience. So it doesn't have as much opportunity for old stories and patterns to get in the way. Uh, so that's what I love about it when people realize, oh, wow, um, because we often feel betrayed by our bodies, you know, or been like out of our body or felt if, if trauma in the body and, and all these things that we don't trust it. But really, you start to that really develop a, a relationship with your own body. Um, and if you're, you know, working through difficult situations and trauma, the good news is that the more you come back into connection with body, the more you'll start to feel like a reconnection and, and an ability to trust it at a deeper level than you would have before you encountered a, a disconnection with it. Yes. And that's why working like with relationships. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why working with someone like Laura is so important, even in your um, exploration of running your business, because when you can operate your business from feel, from being embodied, from that space of your body, knowing versus your head, then it is so much more effective. Because the way I kind of look at it is your mind or your head or your brain, however you want to sort of label it, it's got a blueprint, right? Of a lot of things in there. Like we've been indoctrinated from day one. We have societal ideas. We have our family's ideas. We have, you know, everybody around us who's told us something. We have all these thoughts and ideas and, and inside we have a blueprint. And so we're often looking through life through that blueprint, which may or may not be a blueprint we really want, right? May yeah. or may not be how we actually want to design our home and our life. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it's just this like blueprint we've been given. Yes. And so I think because of that, if you can bypass that and move into the body, which is more accurate for you, more aligned with your intuition, where all your wisdom is, then you're able to more effectively navigate life versus trying to operate through a blueprint, which most people's blueprint, 99% of it is not actually yours. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. It's like the difference between when people say my chosen family, it's like your chosen blueprint. Yeah. It's not the one that you were given just and accumulated over time, but yeah. you might then consciously start choosing, how am I going to design this? How do I um, yeah, apply this to my life and to work? And this is, you know, it's really interesting that we even use that term more of like life design, human design, and more and more people are understanding. You're seeing that in um, definitely in architecture and in de interior design, because there's this way that the environment is specifically being so intentional to shape your well-being. So for starting to do this in our environments, and we're not doing this in our internal environment, in our mind and body, then we're missing a really important opportunity to, to craft things in a way that is not only desirable, but I'd say even more well-suited, right? It's like if you go into these places and you try things on, you discern and you get clear, it's a very, um, much, it's much more suited to who you are and, and what you want to experience. And 
therefore more sustainable and a life that most likely you're not going to find yourself in 10 years later saying, what the, you know, have happened to me? <laughs> what did I do? Um, instead you, you go, oh, like this is, yeah, this makes sense for me. Like 10 years ago, I can see why I am here. Like that's a good, good feeling. So we can't predict it, but you can resonate really highly. Yeah. And I think it's also important to note that this is something you have to do for yourself. Like no one can tell you what feels better in your body. No one can tell you what kind of vision is going to work for you. Like even the best of us, like I'm a good feeler. I'm a good feeler of other people too, but I still can't tell someone like what their body is going to feel or what's right for them or not right for them. Nobody can. And I think this is what's so empowering about being more embodied and more empowering, but envisioning your vision is that when you do that, it's really solid. Like I know that when something sort of um, drops into that space and it's so solid and I've made a decision about it, you know, the cool part, no one's going to sway me. Like nobody has influence after that. Once I feel something, I'm going to create it and there's no one that's going to stop me. And that's such a cool, empowering feeling. Whereas I think oftentimes when we're creating something from a blueprint, from a desire or resistance, from, you know, someone in our lives who's, you know, we don't really, um, align with their vision, but they've given us a vision and now we're trying to create that vision. You know, what ends up happening is we get swayed. We get swayed from the vision. We get distracted from the vision because it's not in our body because we don't have that reference point. And I can say that, you know, with money is a good example. You know, my father, my husband's, you know, there was all this sort of like fixation with making money and it wasn't my thing, right? It just, it's not that I didn't want to have income or be successful. It's just that money is not a motivation to me, not in and of itself. And so trying to create their vision for money and their vision for what, how they saw money fit into our lives. Like I never could create it the way they wanted. I never could. It wasn't my dream. It wasn't actually something that I tried on and was like, yes, that's me. But now creating money from a different vision that's mine from feeling how that's going to have impact in the world. Well, that for me is easily doable. So there's such a shift and a difference when you're creating things from that place that's really aligned with what you want and who you are and what you envision versus somebody else's dream. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is so true. And it makes me think of a conundrum that I, I've had clients in. So I just want to point out, you know, there's this one response that I see in um, women who've been told these are like very strong women leaders who think that they're on a path to be able to do what it is they've always wanted to do. But then when we start to uncover a little bit of where is that really you and how have you crafted that? How is that resonating? They remember being challenged by someone that they would never be that. They would never get to that. They would never make that much money. They would never have that much impact, whatever. Somebody challenged them and they were like, no, you will not tell me what I will and will not be. So I'm going to do it. But, but they get trapped because they start being the thing that that person told them they would never be. And they got distracted from being their most powerful self, yes. which sometimes has like shadows of that, that person, but, but often not. It's, it's a different leadership that they're a path that they're on a different way of manifesting that in the world. So that one is just one, I don't know if I felt called to speak to if anyone's listening is like, that's a tricky one because you really think that you're exceeding expectations, but be careful of who set that up for you. 
and come back to what is it that really is your own measuring stick? What is it that means success for you in that long game? Yes, 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 yes. I I see that all the time, right? I live that. (laughs) So I can totally relate. (laughs) You know, I mean, I think I wasn't going to disclose your name. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, like I've, you know, wanted to rise above, you know, the challenge of what people say I couldn't be, you know, and and it just doesn't work. Like this is the thing is the more misaligned you are with yourself, the more it's not going to work. So you can have all the vision in the world for something that's misaligned for you you won't create it or you'll create it at a huge expense, right? Burnout, loss of everything. Like it's, it's just not worth it. So I think this is so important. You know, I, we sort of originally talked about, you know, wanting to, to envision bigger because I think a lot of women don't envision big enough, but there's also this huge discussion that we've now sort of, you know, come into that is really about how do we vision? Yeah. Yes. And envision in a way that's really, true to you. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other things that we should talk about as well, which I think is important regarding this is that it's living and breathing. Like you're never going to have a vision that's solid. And this is one of the challenges I think with sort of the masculine paradigm is that, you know, a lot of people like you create a vision and then you go until it's created. Like, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how it works because as we get more data, as we get more information, as we then have some reality around whatever we're creating, we may need to alter our vision. So one of the things I talk about with regards to the morning formula is it's a living and breathing thing. You know, we should be checking in with it weekly. We should be feeling it every day. If we're not feeling it, it needs to change. And what happens is as your mindset shifts, as you get more success, as you start, you, it will change because a, you need to go bigger. And you start to realize yeah. this isn't, this doesn't fit anymore. I've already created it or it's too close. It's not big enough. Yeah. And then also you get to where you realize these certain things I had in here, they're actually not feeling right anymore. And so you have to listen yeah. to that and let it evolve. Yes. Yeah. Such a good point. Cause it isn't rigid. It's not going to happen A to Z. It's going to be like a constant going and then you have to check in and the industry changes. Like I know for me, you know, just my industry or even, you know, the development of psychotherapy and then different things that impact my license. And, you know, there's all sorts of things that change. So I have to step, you know, in and out from time to time. So I like that reminder to constantly be letting it flow and evolve and not just expecting it to look the same tomorrow that it did yesterday. It's okay. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. All right, well, any last thoughts before we wrap up today? Just that I'm really going to enjoy my own morning formula. Um, So I appreciate that way of thinking. I've done the morning routines and kind of just to get on a good mindset, but I'm going to be working specifically with trying on my different future selves and the different visions that I have. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to try that. Okay, great. And we would love for you guys to let us know. We've got a great Facebook group now, Women in the Business Arena, you know, like join it. We love discussion. And so if you are either struggling with this or want to share what your vision is, please join us. So thank you so much. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies,
strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, talk to you next week.